Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories and tips on how to find your purpose, empowering you to create your own life. This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight-week online course, launching in May, demystifies the subject of Dharma and helps you tune in to why you're really here. Life is not meant to be hard, and when we get on our soul path, it all changes. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma for more information. And without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have a powerhouse in the house. I have Preston Smiles. Woo-hoo! <laughs> 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 oh, welcome, Preston. Thank you so much for joining us on Kitty Talks. Thank you, for sure. I, I truly appreciate it. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, what's birthed. You know, uh, we spoke before it was recording, and yeah. both of us don't don't know what we're going to talk about per se. So I love I love, uh, you know, what gets birth when two people come together. You know, and you know the irony is, you know, my wife Alexi is you know pregnant. I know she's been on she's been on this. She show. has, yeah. Right? She a while back actually, just after we just after we launched and. Uh, you know, she she was very open about her journey and her story. And that's what we do here, at Preston. Like, I'm excited because yeah. I was saying to you, like, I don't know your transformational journey. And I'm surprised because, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm excited. So w- would you mind kind of, you know, if, obviously I know what you do and I know how amazing you are. But for the people listening, you know, can you just kind of tell us who you are and what you do in the world at the moment? Yeah, well, who I am is uh, Love's Voice. Who I am is a unique emanation of the divine, of love intelligence. Who I am is a powerhouse being that is dedicated and committed to giving my gifts in the unique ways in which only I can give them. Now, what I do in the world and how that manifests itself is through writing books. I have two books that have been published through Simon & Schuster, which is one of the biggest published houses in the world. Um, I lead workshops. Uh, through our company, which my wife and I own, called The Bridge Method, mm-hmm. uh, which is, th- those workshops tend to be like extreme leadership stuff mm-hmm. mixed with trauma work and uh, a lot of different therapies. We we use a, a lot of different modalities and we squeeze them together and then turn the volume up. Um, and then I have, I'm the founder of something called The Man Cave which is a conscious man brotherhood where we expand, explore, and elevate each other. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, 
all of those things are the same thing for me. Yeah. It's a, re- a returning home. It's a reminder. Uh, my job, my duty on this planet is to be of service. And that manifests itself in many ways, but it's really only one way. And that is through uh, the understanding that when we uh, turn the volume up on our love, we automatically turn the volume up on our lives. And so I'm all about loving louder. Beautiful, beautiful. And I love what you said in in your introduction. You were basically saying that you share your gifts and talents in only the way that you can. Like that. That is what we're all about here. You know, there's six billion people on the planet and we're all completely unique and independent and mm-hmm. completely different. And that's and that for me, my friend, is the trick, isn't it? You know, we, yeah. we tune in to what we enjoy and we share. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Yeah, I say all the time, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can, right? If, if, if you're playing that over and over again, start right where you are, mm-hmm. use what you have and do what you can you win every time. And, and can you kind of elaborate for us on your journey? Because, you know, yeah. how, because this whole tuning in process and actually we're not, we're not taught, we're educated out of our magic. We're not taught to embrace our individuality and tune in at a young age about what we mm-hmm. enjoy, you know? So how did you transition? Can you tell me your journey, your story, how you came <laughs> into this? Of course, of course. Uh, and I'll give you sort of the cliff notes because I'm, I'm 37 years young, you know, grown and sexy and chocolate, you know. Um, And so I've lived many lifetimes. And so I'll give you sort of the cliff notes of how I am in this position that I am now, um, which would be considered, I guess, a thought leader or some an influencer. Mm -hmm. Um, So at a very early age, uh, I was, my mother and father, my mother in particular, thought that something was off about her child. Um, And so she started to get me tested. Um, I don't know if she thought I had autism or Asperger's or I don't know what it was, but she started getting tested. And um, I believe I was in the third grade, which was like seven, eight years old. um, When, and I remember this clearly because, you know, as kids, one of your favorite times is, is recess. And so we'd go out and we'd play on the playground, play basketball and all of this stuff. And I was one of those kids that was like super popular and I had all the newest clothes because my parents had money and uh, I could fight and I could play sports. And those are the most important things when you're like a kid, Mm. you know, Uh, especially in a sort of Western macho driven society. So I was like, you know, king of the hill. And And where did you grow up? uh, In uh, Los Angeles, California. Okay. In a, in a little small town in within LA County uh, called Harbor City. And I remember it clearly because we all came back from recess and we sat down at our little desk and, you know, it was about 30 kids in my classroom. And I knew all those kids because we all lived in the same neighborhood. And I remember them coming to the door and asking me to come out. Hmm. And so I, you know, I, I came and I, and I walked up and they said, no, grab your stuff. And so I grabbed my, my like Ninja Turtle backpack and my uh, like fl- Flintstones uh, lunch pail and exactly my little trapper keeper with, with my little pencils and everything in it. And I walked over and I, it was the principal and like a few different uh, people who I didn't really recognize. And, you know, it was a well-known sort of fact that all of the special kids 
uh, were in this bungalow, this building that was outside of the building. Um, and, you know, in, in, at this time, which was, uh, you know, leaving the 80s and going into the 90s, we used to use the word retarded. And so all the retarded kids, and I'm just speaking from the wound, um, were in this building. And I remember them walking me towards that building. And as they were walking me there, my seven-year-old, eight-year-old consciousness was going through this process, this sort of out-of-body uh, trauma where I was going, am I, am I retarded? Am I retarded? Am I stupid? Am I, am I, is, I, is that where they're taking me? And this little boy oh. was going through it. And so they walked me over there and, and you would have never known it because I didn't show it because, you know, by the time you're eight, nine years old in a Western culture, big boys don't cry. Yeah. You taught not to be a pussy. And, you know, I think pussies are awesome and beautiful, but um, that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> this is a nice show. <laughs> I'm just, you're asking me my story. I'm going to tell you from, from the perspective of, of, of the unintegrated masculine little boy, right? And so... Uh, but you're right, you even, at, even at such a young age, boys are not allowed to cry, you know? So no wonder we, we get themselves into problems like with not being able to show their emotions. Exactly, exactly. So they walked me into this class, and I immediately see uh, three to four kids who were playing with blocks and drooling on themselves. And, you know, I'm, I'm eight years old. I'm not, I'm not a toddler. Like, I know the difference. And yeah. so they said, Preston, this is going to be your new class, and these are going to be your new classmates. And they didn't really explain why I was there. They didn't explain that on the testing that they did for me that I scored out of the charts genius in certain areas and you know like a three-year-old in other areas mm. and so I made up a story that I was stupid that I was dumb that I was less than that I wasn't as smart as everyone else and this was a core trauma a core wound that uh really has you know followed me throughout my life in so many ways and so I share that to skip forward after that I began and and we're all guilty of this in some form or fashion of seeking the approval of others um but after that uh i kind of spiraled and began to sort of seek the approval through being dominating at sports and anything my dad or mom deemed good or they praised me for i turned the volume up on that anything that i believed that the students and my friends would praise me for I turned the volume up on that so if there was a bully bullying yeah. other kids I would go bully the bully if um you know I was like a Robin Hood and and it was really interesting because by the time I was 11 I joined a gang um and so remember this is seven eight years old by the time I was yeah I was 11 I joined a gang I started smoking weed um when I was 15 years old uh, my best friend Scott called me to come out and hang and drink and um, like, like we always did. And interestingly enough, this was the first time I understood intuition. Wow. And, um, I said, no, something in, something in me said, don't go. And so I didn't go. And every other night I had went, and I'm not sure in, in London, uh, if you guys did this when you were teenagers, but do you ever used to like yell shotgun to see who got the front seat? Yeah. <laughs> Just call it. Yeah. You call it and you yeah. like shotgun, you leave. Yeah. Or you, if you're me and my yeah. sister, you just argue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 
Scott and I were, were best friends, and we used to always fight over the front seat of this blue Astro van that my friend Rudy had. But this particular night, because I said no, Scott got shotgunned. And so they pulled up to a liquor store, and there was a disgruntled gentleman there whose girlfriend had just broken up with him, and he happened to have a semi-automatic in his car. Mm-hmm. And he looked at... Um, Scott and in the front seat and Scott being a 16 year old dumb kid the guy said what are you looking at and Scott said I'm looking at you beep and and cursed at him and the guy got out of the car and shot him in the head and shot everybody in that van that I was in the night before and the night before and the night before and this literally shook me to my core I also didn't know how to process it because at this time now I'm 15 and ladies if you're listening if you really want to understand your man, take notes on this story, right? I had an early trauma. Yeah. By the time I was even seven, eight years old, I was already taught not to cry, not to express, not to uh, allow my feelings to flow through. Now I'm 15 yeah. and something even bigger happened and I still don't know how to process it. And so that ended up... Um, I asked my father, could I leave? I got so scared. He said, where do you want to go? I said, I don't care. He said, I have a friend in, in Pennsylvania across the country. So I'm in California at this point. So I have a friend in Pennsylvania who said she would take you in if you want to live with her. And I said, please. And so I got off a plane and there was a sign with my name on it. Um, and this woman, Shirley Russell, who to this day, she's my mother. She literally sat next to my mother at my wedding. So when Alexi and I got married, yeah. I had both both of my moms sitting there um and so Shirley took me in and she just happened to live and I'm gonna end the story there's a lot more to the story but I'm gonna end it right around here she took me in she just happened to live within one of the wealthiest counties of uh Pennsylvania and uh I'm not sure if you've ever seen the show Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah oh god I used to love that show yeah Will Smith yeah yes exactly so so I was the that but in reverse oh that was you (laughs) yes so he came from philadelphia which is in pennsylvania to bel-air i went from los angeles to pennsylvania and i remember the first day i got to this school we pulled in and there was like bmws and mercedes and like and everything was like super clean and they had state-of-the-art football fields and everything was just amazing and Funny enough, I'm walking through the hallway and I'm already blown away because I'm like, wow, this is like, you know, one of the wealthiest schools I've ever seen in my oh, life. Beverly Hills or something. Yeah. And so I'm walking through the hallway and I notice that everybody in their classrooms are sort of looking out the window and like, like pointing at me. And they're like, yes. You know, and it's like this, all this excitement just because I'm like a new student is walking through. And so I get in the office and I asked the woman, I said, you know, uh, ma'am. And she said, yeah. I said, um, is there anybody else at this school that, you know, maybe like looks like me? And she said, oh, you mean black? Uh, no, we have one black girl, but you're the only African-American male. <laughs> and it was amazing because I was like this cool alien that everybody wanted to hang out with. And within a few weeks, I joined a new gang called Wexford Mafia, which was a bunch of rich white kids with BMWs. And I remember this, and this is the end of the story. Um, and this is one of the things that shifted and changed my life forever. Uh, I was in this kid, Brad's BMW. We were riding to a party. I'm in the back seat. 
we're listening to Tupac, Outkast, and Biggie. And everybody's drinking and smoking weed. And um, I have this moment of realization where at that moment, I thought my friends at my former school mm. are doing the same thing, but getting two different results based on the environment and the expectation. And so I stumbled upon, at 15 and a half, I stumbled upon environmental psychology and really sort of started to take a deeper look. I, I was able to pull back and see that we're all dealing with the same stuff, that underneath all of the stories that we have about each other, whether it be gay, straight, white, black, Christian, Muslim, whether it be man, woman, underneath all of that is our truth, which is love. And so that sparked something in me that, that let me see humanity and see society from a different perspective. And... You know, of course, I went through many stages, including going to college and cheating. I cheated my, my, my whole way through college because the wound was still so strong. The belief that I was still stupid and an imposter was still so strong that I never gave myself an opportunity to actually uh, see what I was made of. Mm. And that took me, I actually got into graduate school and I made a decision that I would not cheat ever again. And um, it was a three-year program. There was eight of us, and out of, no, there was 10 of us. Out of the 10, only two people got straight A's, literally a 4.0 throughout the whole year, uh, three years, and I was one of them. And this was one of the first times where I had a realization that I actually wasn't stupid, that my genius, there are, there are multiple levels of genius, and when one um, you know, understands their genius and uses it and harnesses it and taps into it for the greater good, that, you know, it, it, it's exponential. And so that opened up a whole space for me. I moved to LA as an actor, got sick, became an angry vegan. And then uh, out of that, uh, denounced my religion, everything, like let go of everything, then came all the way back to this quote by the Buddha that said, um, you will not be punished uh, for your anger, but by it. And I realized that I was still very, very angry about um, how I grew up, about the society we were living in, and that while I was feeding myself all of this beautiful knowledge, that it wasn't actually, I wasn't embodied. I wasn't love's voice. And mm -hmm. that is what uh, I have dedicated my life to, which is being love's voice. Mm -hmm. That's my story. Mm, beautiful. And, you know, th that for me is incredible, listening to that story, because it all... You know, it, your life could have gone a totally different direction if if you said that you when you did that test that you were a genius in some areas and you yeah. weren't in others. And like and that yeah. for me is everything that is wrong for, with our education system. You know, if, yeah. if at that age they had embraced your genius aspects and they had yeah. got you to go towards that at a younger age, you know, you would your life would be so different. And I think you know, Preston, my mission is, which I'm really passionate about, is changing the way humanity views us following our bliss and us actually mm -hmm. doing what we do, we should be doing, you know, what we, we what we came here for, you know. Yeah. And your story is amazing because of the wound you then carried through your life because yeah. you believed something that wasn't true. You know, you're not, you weren't stupid. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's all perfect. And, you know, clearly I needed that. And, and, you know, how do we know that? I think you, a lot of people know her work, but Byron Katie says there are three types of business. 
there's uh, my business, yeah. there's your, your business, and then there's God's business. God's mm-hmm. business is what is, right? And a lot of times, um, and I did this for quite a while, where, where I, would, I would be trying to argue with reality. I would, I would be raging against what is. And so what helps me is knowing that we are always on purpose. We are always on path. And mm-hmm. even though some of those things that occurred, like my friend being shot in the head, you know, that's, that's not something that, you know, I would say, you know, I could ever write up. You know, you know um, two years ago, a woman by the name of Amelia Sturrental, uh, I had a, a beautiful meeting with her in New York. Um, I didn't know her. She didn't know me. And we never met necessarily in the conscious realm. We, we met in the spirit realm. Um, where I was walking down the street in New York and got a hit to get on the subway and go to the other side of New York and go into a store. And I went into the store and I looked around and I asked, you know, I'm like, why am I here? And then spirit said, go downstairs right now. I went downstairs. I took about three steps. I heard, skirt, no. Oh, she got run over. Yes. I saw this woman flying through the air. She landed on her head. And her brains splattered out the back of her head. And she went into uh, shock. And she died in my arms. And all of this, and it was one of the most beautiful gifts I've ever been given. And, and, and I'm just bringing this story in because, you know, none of us can, can necessarily control. Mm. You know, to, I have a belief that uh, there's something bigger than us using us Mm. i have a belief that that um you know um when we take one step the universe takes a thousand and that sometimes uh, our blessings and the gifts are disguised in things that don't look like blessings and gifts Mm. and you know i had a little bit of ptsd after watching her die but Mm. i went into the we had a deep conversation from the spirit world i hold her uh, her legs while she shook and just struggled for breath. And I went into a prayer like state and just had a conversation and said, listen, if this is the day, if this is the day you're leaving, oh my gosh, how perfect. But if this is the day that you're staying, how perfect. I'm here with you right now. We're going to take this journey. I'm here with you. Just know. And I, I, I went into the space. I don't even know all the rest of the stuff that came through. But in hindsight, right? Because we say hindsight is twenty twenty. The question is, can we live in hindsight now? Can we live in a space of of deep gratitude for the for the unfolding that we asked for? You know, I asked to level up. I asked the universe. I asked God. I asked Jesus. I asked Buddha. I asked Krishna. Whatever name is more potent for you. I asked divine intelligence to level me up. I said I would like to become a weapon for love. And then it showed me and brought me the one thing that I was still running from, which was death. And it gave me the gift of seeing somebody, of seeing how precious this beautiful life is. And so I believe that all of us, Kitty, you, me, everybody listening to this is all living in one of those right now. The question is, is can we uh, fix the goggles in such a way that we can truly see with the eye behind the eye what is really there, which is the, 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 the hand of the universe 
orchestrating the whole thing in our favor. Mm. And for people listening, because, you know, they're listening to these talks, they're, they're listening to your life story to be empowered, to step into their own greatness. You know, yeah. you, you've talked about intuition a couple of times on your journey. Like, mm -hmm. how, you know, for people listening who don't necessarily know which direction to go in, you know, they're not sure, they haven't, you know, done their book, you know, they, they know that they want to do bigger things. Like, yeah. how can they kind of tune into that intuition? Like, what, what, what is it that you do? Uh, yes. So, um, so there's something, I have a belief that in first thought, first thought is usually the one that's the truth. The second thought is usually doubting the, the first one. Mm. The third thought is like, are you kidding me? Yeah, don't even go there. No. Fourth thought is like... Brain just kicks in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, now we're on a whole... Now we're keeping you safe. <laughs> yes, exactly. So for me, it's, uh, you know, intention, right? We start with intention. And then we immediately jump into aligned action. That means doing the thing that scares you the most. One of the reasons and ways in which I have um, been able to elevate myself in this particular industry and, you know... A lot of people say, you know, if I could, I would. Mm. And my story and my reminder is that if you would, you could. You know, if you would wake up an hour early mm. and write that book, if you would, you know, stay up an hour later, if you would sacrifice, right? Because we got to give up to go up. We got to give up to grow up. And so if you would sacrifice some of that time scrolling through social media for your dreams, if you would, you know, stop uh, swiping through Tinder and Bumble or whatever apps that are there or having or emotional eating based on, you know, not being there yet. If you would develop an attitude of gratitude for all that is here, for all that you do have, mm. then you fill your cup. And when you fill your cup, you can give from the overflow, right? What's in my cup is mine. What flows out is yours. Mm. And so many people are operating from empty cups. So many people are operating from the space of, well, you know, if I could, you know, I, don't, I, I wasn't born, you know, with great hair like Kitty. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't talk like that. I don't, I'm not as tall. And all of the excuses and stories we have, it's all yeah. BS. Yeah. yeah. And you said something really interesting. You said you ask. So you asked, like, you were asked, yeah. is, is that something you also do? Like, you ask on a regular basis, like, show me what I need to do, or? Exactly, I do. I ask, I ask the universe to use me, to cleanse me, to make me a weapon for, for, for its good. Mm. And, you know, powerful questions will always call for powerful answers. The, the issue is, is that most of us ask disempowering questions, like, why am I so fat? Why don't I have it yet? Mm. Why am I not there yet? Mm. That to me is, you know, very disrespectful to the universe, to your creator. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I ask very empowering questions like what would love do now? You mm -hmm. know, what am I committed to? What do I choose now? Yes, that just happened. And now what do I choose? Am I going to be a victim of the past, which is three moments ago or three years ago or three months ago? Or what do I choose now? That's very empowering when mm -hmm. I know that now is an opportunity for me to do something. Mm -hmm. And that's such a simple shift, isn't it? Like we, we do, I think mm -hmm. hum, human nature and like we are designed to keep ourselves safe. You know, our unconscious is mm -hmm. wanting to keep us small and wanting to keep us safe. 
So, you know, just by literally flipping it on its head and like you said, asking mm -hmm. empowering questions and bigger questions and actually, like you said, asking the universe to use your or come through you and actually use you as a tool for good, you know, and show yeah. me show me what to do. And then you're like looking for the signs. Uh -huh. Exactly. Yeah. And they're everywhere. Mm. They're everywhere. Everywhere. Uh -huh. mm. This is one. This is one. Whoever's listening right now, just know that this is this is your reminder to step in. This is your reminder that the time is now. This is your reminder that since we've been on this podcast, at least at least fifty thousand people have committed suicide, and millions of others, millions, are committing a slow suicide. So that medicine on your heart, that thing that only you can give, every minute, every moment, every day that you hoard that, that you hide is a crime against humanity and there are people suffering. Mm. And so let this be your reminder that it's game time, that it's time to truly step in and give your gifts because what else are you gonna do? The last thing you want is to get to the end of your life and say, I could have, I would have, or I should have. And, let, and let's go to this conversation of giving your gifts, you know, because mm -hmm. that, that for me is the conversation I, I'm in a lot because Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do truly believe that we are unique, we are all gifted, and that that is the key, you know, to give your gift, to tune into, to find your gift and give it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, so tell, tell me about you, like, tell me how you did that, because for someone listening, that would be really insightful. To yes, them. yes. So um, using the metaphor of, um, taking a trip, right? So let's say we're taking a trip from from uh, California to New York, right? So these are opposite sides of the coast. The intention is already set, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just imagine that we, we already bought the ticket, which means that that it's the plane is there, the vehicle is there. We are we already bought the ticket. We're going to New York. Yes. Now. What happens is, is once we get into action, once we pack those bags and step out of our house, anything could happen. And I believe that it is our duty to honor what shows up because out of six, seven billion people on the planet, if somebody is in your space, that is sacred time. That is, that is not a coincidence. If somebody shows up in your space, and I'm not sure if you've ever had this experience, Kitty, but I'm going to use, I'm going to jump to a different analogy. Have yeah. you ever been uh, in a relationship with someone, and I know you have a partner now, but have you ever been in a relationship with someone who you thought this was it? And you were, you, you were like, I'm in love with him. Even if you were 16 and you're like, this is. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. when I was <laughs> everyone when you're like yeah. 16 to 21. <laughs> exactly. And and what I find is, is a lot of times, you know, we get so caught up in the idea of this person being it. And while not understanding that that's a setup for something. And so, you know, in every relationship, we learn something new, something different. And a lot of people try to skip that part. They're trying to jump from beginner to expert 
without going through the process, which means you have to date and go and be in the dance with people and have your heart broken and ripped to pieces and then fall in love and then to rip somebody else's heart to pieces and then to you know travel over here and meet this guy. And all of those things are necessary in order to make it to New York, in order to make it to your one, in order to bring in your king, your queen. And so I, the whole thing for me is about falling in love with the dance, with the journey, falling in love with the process, not missing all of the little breadcrumbs, all of the little beautiful clues and hints. And here's the key. The power comes in knowing that it's not about the destination because you will never land. Hear me, all of you, you will never land. I don't care what it is you think you want when you get it. Right. Oh, if, if I just met the men of my dreams, then everything would be good. If I just launched that book, then I would be good. No, you won't. Mm. Because the um, one of the purposes of the, of the human species is evolution, which will always mean that we will always be reaching uh-huh. towards the sun. Yes, mm-hmm. we will always want more. And Absolutely. so if you get that, you immediately have power. You know, like Alexi and I have, have set a goal, a vision, a mission to um, make 1.7 million in the next 12 months. And it's not about the money. We have enough money. Mm. We have enough. It's about who we become. It's about where I need to go in my own consciousness. It's about where I need to go in my own psyche in order to create that mm. because of the story called Young black boys are not businessmen. You see what I'm doing here? All I'm doing is pushing up against those wounds and breaking the barrier. So for me, it's about the journey. It's about the, the, the destination, the 1.7. You think I'm going to stop there? Of course not. But it's about, about getting in the game. You know, I think exactly. our brain just t- look, wants to take us out of the game before we've even started. And I, and I, exactly. And I love the analogy you use because actually... If life doesn't change, it doesn't make any difference whether you've got the book deal, the more money, whatever else. The, the trick is yeah. now is to be in the game today and be using yeah. and enjoying your life and doing what it is that you enjoy because, you know, that what that is what compounds. Uh, and that, Exactly. You know, that will, like you said, you can't just jump from A to D. You have to go through the process and you have to learn. Exactly. Mm. Uh-huh. And, and another important thing about that, this whole journey is, is really knowing that direction is much more important than speed. A lot of us are, are rushing. We live in this society where everything's going so fast and we think we need to go fast too. But if you have direction, you, know, you think of the tortoise and the hare, right? Yeah. It's just one step at a time, being present with what is, being that, present with what is. I think that's because re- we, we kind of touched very quickly before we came on air about how, you know, this purpose conversation is is a is a minefield because we suddenly think okay we start to get we start to wake up we start to want to do good with our lives and we think but well I don't know why I'm here and actually you know this the purpose or your purpose or why you're here will be slowly unveiled to you in a breadcrumb exactly in a breadcrumb trail yeah, you know exactly. you you know you what you'll be doing in a year's time will be totally different from what you'd be doing now you know we don't don't yeah. know the trick is to, the direction like you're saying which direction are you going exactly Exactly. That's it. It's in direction. Another word for that would be alignment mm. or congruency, right? Because it, have you noticed that, that success is um, sexy? It's attractive, right? Mm. And so 
and success, you know, is however you deem it. But have you ever um, like been at a party and saw somebody who was dancing who completely sucked at dancing? Like they were terrible, <laughs> but because they were so into it, <laughs> your husband, yeah, at yeah, my yeah. wedding, at our wedding, yeah. <laughs> but because he's so into it, yeah. everybody else was. Have you ever seen that? How somebody yeah. just gets enrolled into somebody's joy? Mm. And and that joy, I mean, just think about it. All of us, just take inventory. Who do you like to be around? Nine out of ten, whoever it is, is somebody has who has fallen in love with the journey, who fallen in love with themselves. They're so enrolled in their own life, they're so aligned and congruent that that becomes attractive, and they become like moths to a flame. Right? That light becomes so attractive that everybody wants to come to it. And so for me, it starts with alignment. It starts with that because if I'm if I'm out of alignment and I'm uh, I have my ladder up against a wall that is not my wall, and I'm, you know, making my way through corporate, uh, you know, banking or whatever the case may be, because I'm trying to make the money to so so that I finally am approved of by mommy and daddy and society. I'm a good citizen and a good son and a good daughter, and I gave my grand my, my my parents good grandkids and all of these things. It's all so much BS, mm. right? It's time for all of us to take the freaking mask off. Ask ourselves what we truly want. What do I truly desire in this life? And be ourselves. You know, what, yes. what you're saying there is someone who's successful in like they're being attractive because they're being themselves, you know. Yes. And especially I think in our industry, you know, it's the, the kind of smoke and daggers, you know, one thing on the outside, one thing on the inside, you know, and that's yep. authenticity, you know, that you're the happier, the happier you are, the more you are yourself. You t- like you said, you take the masks off, the more attractive you yep. become. Thousand percent. Very mm. sure. Mm-hmm. So for people listening, you know, they're inspired. They are deciding that they want to serve. Mm-hmm. And so advice would just be to essentially, you know, head in the, the direction of things that light you up, head into the direction of the th- highest excitement and see what unfolds. Yes. Um, yes. But even more detailed, my advice would be to set a date, burn your boat. Set a date. One of the things that really supported me, because it's it's really smart, and I'm not sure a lot of people don't understand this about business. Businesses can go like they can, you know, um, go out of business if they receive too much too fast. And what I mean by that is like you know Preston, even six years ago, right? So you know I'm 37. The 31 year old Preston thought he was ready, and he wasn't. He was in the game. Mm. He was in process, but he wasn't ready. Mm. And so what I did was, is I set a date. I put a date on it. I said, you know what? I'm not ready yet. It's really smart. Take inventory. Don't, you know, a lot of people either underplay what they are or they over, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so ready. to. No, you're not. Go, go literally get in the gym for a few years and then step out. Mm. And so one of the best things you could do, let's just say somebody, one of the listeners here is working on a job they absolutely hate. Mm-hmm. First piece of advice, make that job super fun. Set a date and then make it fun up until that date. Like literally say, I'm going to give 130% because I know that on September 20th, 2018, I am gone no matter what. Right? So now you have something you're working to. Mm. The date is there. Burn your boats. And then after you set the date, tell people. 
Why do you tell people? Because they're going to hold you accountable. It's very easy behind your little computers and in your head to be like, oh, I'm going to quit next year. It's a whole nother ballgame to declare it to social media. It's a whole nother mm-hmm. ballgame to tell and text your friends and say, listen, this is what I'm up to. This, that's what puts you on a mission. You know, I started a surf school knowing that I was headed towards this. And I put a date on it. I said, you guys see these surfboards back here? Yeah, yeah. I'm surfing. Right? But I knew that that wasn't what I was on this planet for. I knew it was, per, you know, momentarily on what I was on this planet for, but that, I wasn't here to just have a surf school. I was here to lead the masses, but I also knew I was not ready. And so what I did was I started the surf school and I said, in six months, I'm out. And then I got to that six month mark and I declared it to everybody. I got to six months and I said, you know what? I need three more months. And I went back in the gym. Took, kept taking aligned, committed action. This is the whole thing, guys. Whatever is the biggest, scariest thing for you, take action on that. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that I think most entrepreneurs and people who are looking to level up, this is how they screw themselves. They try to do too many things at once. They want to write a book, launch a program, um, you know, yeah. speak on every stage and do start making an app. They want to do everything all at once. And if you really look at anybody who's done anything at an extraordinary level, they focused in. They made it, they, they focused it in to one thing and they made that thing so well that it made room for everything else. Mm. So if you ask me what my one thing is, is video. I, I put so much focus on video that it, I don't have to advertise my programs. They just fill up. Mm. I don't have to ask to be on podcasts. People ask me. Mm. Right? Because I, I focused in, what is the thing that is going to, what's the 20% of the 20% of the 20%? What's the thing that is going to blow this whole thing up mm. and create room for everything else? So if you're listening and you're looking to take your life and your business or whatever is on your heart, that thing that is calling you forward to the next level, focus, bring mm. it in. I know you have 30,000 ideas, focus on one or two for right now knowing that you can come back to those ideas in a year from now. Mm. Life is long and beautiful. So set a date, take aligned, yes. committed action, and f- yes. like you said, narrow your focus. Go to yes. your zone of genius and stay yes. in your zone of genius. That's it. Beautiful. That's it. Beautiful. Preston, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. And like, obviously, I would love to serve you as well. So... um is there anything we can help you with, you with at the moment? In... Um, no, everything is beautiful. I, I do have a, a free program. If anybody who's listening would like to have it, it's five tools to overcome fear and achieve more. And that is at PrestonSmiles.com forward slash overcome dash fear. So PrestonSmiles.com forward slash overcome dash fear. Other than that, all is well. I'm so grateful to have been on this program and to have this conversation with you. I love your hair. You're killing it. You're looking good. There you go. Tell the <laughs> hubby I said hello and to keep dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, it's a shame. I'll get you the video footage. It was quite, quite entertaining. But, uh, but no, thank you so much. We will have all of Preston's details in the show notes. So we'll put that link in the show notes for everybody listening. 
Uh, but Preston, thank you so much for, you know, for, for breaking through your barriers because now you are empowering and leading a lot of people through their barriers and their fears. So I thank you for the work that you do in the world. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And we will see you next week on Kitty Talks. Okay, see you again. Bye-bye. This podcast was sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. Create a life so good that you pinch yourself. This eight-week online course demystifies Dharma and shows you how to tune in to why you're really here. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma.